Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Today's guest is bringing up a topic that I feel is such an important one, especially in this space as women. Some of us are mothers, some of us want to be mothers, and some of us don't know and maybe don't want to be. I like having the option. So today's guest, actually, her and I go way back and we'll get into it, but her name is Claudia Irvin and she is a law clerk by day and certified fitness instructor at Sweat and Tonic by Night. She's also the creator of the Instagram account at Urban Meets Urban. So Claudia started Urban Meets Urban less than three years ago to document her journey to self-confidence, finding her voice and advocating collaboration amongst women all of my favorite things. So welcome, Claudia. Thank you for having me. So, so excited. excited. We're so excited. We've been planning this for years and we'll share why. Yeah, it's my cheeks so hurt. Honestly. Claudia, we're going to talk about what you're doing right now, but let's just take a moment to talk about how long we've actually known each other. So you had just mentioned your age when I met you. Can you please repeat mm. that? 19. 19. I'm like, what? So Claudia, you are from BC, right? You were, you were born yes. in BC. Yeah. Born in Europe, but oh yes, that's really right. grew up in BC. That's yeah. right. She's she's a well-traveled lady. Um, but we met working. So I have mentioned to my audience, I used to work in this insurance place and I managed this team. Well, you were a part of said team. So we, and then I was thinking about this last night and I was like, wait, how many years ago was this? Cause time, you know, when you're having fun just seems to go so quick. And I was like, well, if I got married 10 years ago, I, when I was just got married, I had left to go to Malaysia. So we had worked together for what, two years before that, something like that. Carry the one, I think three. So. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, we, so we were, we were just, we were just little babies that was like fresh humans running administration teams I'm like is that should that have who knows but we, that's we where we met yeah so we used to work on this admin team and work in this office space and you know all the stuff that goes on in an office but overall it was a really fun experience that was a really neat group of people that we worked for it was like a growing experience um, but since then Claudia has done many things and you've now you're actually in Ontario, so you've moved, and she has a wealth of experience. And one of the things I feel that's run consistent through your life is fitness. Like, you've always been doing the thing. So tell me a little bit about what you're up to right now. What's your job like now? You're doing this fitness thing on the side. Tell me about it. Oh, so many things. But yes, fitness has always been a part of my life. I think in Vancouver, not as much for a little while, just because things were a little bit crazy. Life was a little bit crazy. And before I moved to Toronto, I just got back into running and yoga, all that jazz actually dated a fitness instructor for a little while. That's a whole other story. That helps though. So like... yeah, you know, I hated squats at that time. And I was like, don't make me do those. Moved to Ontario and a little rough start. And I found fitness all over again. So that was my outlet. Running was my jam. And then decided to start working a little bit more in group fitness, group fitness, yes. going to yoga, expanding hit F45. So I discovered F45, a little crazy, going to school, met someone new and decided I'm going to do a little blog because while I was going to school, when I moved to Ontario, I went to Ryerson for business communication 
and at the same time was becoming a law clerk at George Brown. So I still work in insurance, not the same company that we worked at, but transitioned into um, uh, personal line insurance. So while that was all happening, fitness was still a thing. And then when I started my blog, I thought, what direction do I want it to go into? And at first it was, let me document my journey to self-confidence. I just met someone new. I had broken up with the person that I moved to Ontario for. Yeah, I was just a mess. So mm -hmm. this was my way to document, what does someone do when they're just about to hit 30 and their life isn't exactly where they thought it was going to be. And this is where the blog expanded. And then while I started my blog, I realized I was going to more workouts. And then the fitness community in Toronto kind of brought me in. And then I got on this path of really loving fitness and my Instagram being half fitness, half lifestyle. And last year, my girlfriend goes, why don't you actually teach people? You're very good at this. You've been doing this for such a long time. You know, your family is very much into fitness. My brother's a longboarder. So I said, fine. And she goes, try berries. And I said, that's really funny because berries is one of the most sought after positions. And I just did a post on it. I didn't get the job. I had no experience, didn't even have my certificate. So it kind of lit a fire under my bum and decided to get my personal training last year. So I did that and then thought, well, what now? What do I do with it? And I had been boxing already for a year and a half. And the studio said, why don't you come train with us? So I went into some pretty intense training. This is all while working my full-time job, which I don't know how I did this plus school. And then started teaching kickboxing, which I loved. Um, the studio went a different way. And I thought to myself, it's only been eight months. How could I possibly leave the first job? It's the first thing you think about when you're at any new position. And you think, if I don't hit that one year, what does it look like on my resume? Anyway, I uh, was going to Sweat and Tonic, which is a really beautiful studio here in Toronto. It has everything from yoga to hip, boxing, cycling, you name it, they have it. And I'd say that's one of my top studios that I wanted to work at. Absolute goals. And I had been influencing for them for a while. I sent them a message when I hit my uh, goodbye, do not want to work at Big Hit email. Yeah. And two days later, walk into the studio and they go, we've already had our eye on you. So we'd love for you to start working with us. And that then COVID hit. Oh, so right. that kind of uh, made things a little bit slower, but went on to their IG lives. So now I'm fully teaching with sweat and tonic, still have my full-time job, still running my Instagram, not the blog anymore. So probably went off on a bunch of different things, but that's really me in a nutshell right now, just all over. I love it. Well, and yeah. let's be honest, like I feel like if there's anything that's come from this pandemic, it's people being forced to pivot and adapt and figure out yeah. how are we going to make something out of this? And I think there's a lot of industries, especially the fitness world, where they've, I mean, they have this potential right to reach people from their computers from lives I think it's kind of amazing being someone who's really interested in fitness myself watching a lot of these places pivot and like because it's on you know a lot of these places are not franchises and they're not and they're like independently owned places and businesses are struggling during this experience so it's amazing to see them still reach out and I see you doing those lives and I'm like well done that must be a strange that must have been a strange experience to start doing it over a video. Like, how did that feel? I think I peed 12 times in five minutes from nerves. 
<laughs> I was sweating and I was thinking, what do I look like to people? Am I framed properly? What do I sound like? What's the music like? And then I'm not looking at anyone by myself. So now I'm watching myself work out and trying to motivate people and tell them that you look great, keep going. I don't know, you could just be staring at me eating a bowl of chips, I have no idea. So it was me trying to find the energy and the motivation through myself. Oh yeah. Really? Like looking and just being like, that looks terrible, Claudia work harder so it's just a very unusual and like not, not be- set like not psych yourself out right like while you're yes. doing it and you're like don't lose momentum don't lose momentum yeah 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 I mean it was a little unusual well you're doing well and I love I love how much you're doing to stay busy because I personally really thrive on busy like mm-hmm. not not to the point where like you don't want it so busy you can't get life done but I like that feeling of having things to go to and having things to do and being accountable for stuff. It's awesome. So well done you. But also I completely relate because I feel like when you're doing live videos in general, which I've done for many years, there is a point where you're like, I'm talking to myself. Like back in the day, I mean, you didn't get like immediate comments from people. You couldn't, you know, it was just, it's weird. You're trying to like keep up this energy for a conversation you're literally having by yourself so to be working out is like an entirely different experience so that's pretty awesome who who knew that would be a skill that you would need wild um so in and amongst everything that you do you are also a woman and you happen to be in a hetero relationship I have not met your partner but he is very easy on the eyes I'm just gonna throw that out there they are very very handsome couple as you would say um but I would imagine that as you start coupling up and getting more serious in the relationship dynamic and uh people start to have some ideas about what you're supposed to be doing I mean you mentioned it you know here you were before you started your blog like you're nearing 30, your life is supposed to look a certain way according to societal pressures, right? So we started talking a few years ago about, I was like, I want to get her on the podcast and you had just been starting your blog. And I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about as you were finding your footing for your space? And it just kept coming up. Like, here I am, I'm talking about motherhood. I'm talking about all those things, but it's not just women, or excuse me, it's not just mothers who watch me. And it's like, because I don't, I don't only talk about the mama stuff. And then we sort of started ta- coming onto this topic that was like, what if you don't want to have children? Wow. Like what a concept, right? That people get to choose their life and how their life looks. Um, so I feel like there's definitely camps of people who are like 100% yes, since the day they exited the womb, they wanted children. And then you've got another camp that's like, nah, I'm out. Like, I've got other plans for my life, motherhood, parenting, not my jam. That's also cool. But this middle ground is interesting where people are like, right now, no. And I don't want people asking me about it. And I'm not in a rush to get married. And I'm not in a rush for all this stuff. Um, But I also would like the option to maybe change my mind if I want to. So I love that these conversations are coming about, but I really wanted to dive into this topic with you and kind of get your, like a temperature check. Like, how are you feeling being a woman in her thirties? You know, you've got all these wonderful things on the go. I know you're an auntie to this little cherub and it's like, how are you feeling in this space? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, whenever anyone asks me what my thoughts are on having kids, I always say it's not a definitive no. And I always 
kind of preface everything by saying, I'm not saying no definitively. I've changed so much from last week. How could I possibly define my future a year, two years, five years, however long from now? So to me, it's, I can't make that decision right now, but I know based on the way my life is going, the way that I've set of, I've assessed what makes me happy, what I can live without, what I can't live without, my answer is do not want. Um, and when I say that, people just throw their hands up and go, how could you say that? And, and if I respond back, well, if I did, I'd have one. How could you possibly have one? So now it's gone mm. from you don't want kids. And now it's okay, but you're giving me the answer, but now you just want one that is so selfish. So no matter what I say, I feel like can't um, win. Not that I feel like they're, it's kind of a winning conversation. I don't think anyone really wins in it when you debate between yes or no to children. But I feel that it's really important for me to know how I want to answer and be assertive in that answer. Not assertive in the sense of me saying, I don't think what you're saying is right because I think everyone has a feeling and a thought on it. But I need to be very clear that I've made that decision, why I've made it, and that currently as my lifestyle is, the answer is no. Isn't it interesting how, you know, when you make a decision for your life, right, that we feel like, like, or other people feel like they need a, like an explanation about why we've done said thing, you know? And I, even as you're saying it, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so like, it's just so awkward that you have to almost make the other person feel better about your life choice. When mm -hmm. you say, when you like really break it down, you're like, that is, that is backwards. You know what I mean? Like that just makes no sense, but... When you're in those moments where you're having that conversation, I wonder, like, does that, and you probably, I don't know if you know, if you wouldn't necessarily know the answer to this, but it's like, does that person appreciate what they're doing and how they're sort of positioning this to you or to anybody who's made that decision? Like, so a lot of your friends, are they having kids? Like, where are your friends in this phase of life? Close Ontario friends are not um we have really good friends that either can't um or on charlie's side have but that's my partner's side of friends and they're in their late 30s and we don't really see them very often so i wouldn't say anyone close to me because they have kids and they're like i'm like i have kids and i rarely leave the house so like yeah, yeah. when you're in those early phases and even yeah. as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, it's obvious now as you're saying it. Because like if you're a smoker, a lot of your friends are smokers, right? Like yeah. you're all kind of doing the same thing. But sorry, you were saying. So then friends out West and. They are. So oh, like they my are. closest friends that I've grown up with, um, you would know Jen, um, one of my closest friends back home and my girlfriend, Denisa, they have like the most beautiful little humans and I still haven't met them. Uh, my girlfriend, Jen, just had hers in April and I feel like everyone back home is having kids whereas here in Toronto that hustle and bustle of downtown living and those that I surrounded myself with even though they're in long-term relationships we're all on this like crazy find yourself what is happening in our lives and we've discovered this so later on in life that we're almost just starting in our 20s if that kind of makes sense like we're just figuring ourselves out later 
and now we want to think about kids but it's like we've just started this life path and we don't even know what we want so how could we possibly raise children if we don't even know ourselves well enough yet so it's I feel like I'm around the same women where most of my friends do want kids but they've also said the same thing where they're going I don't know yet which is strange and I'm 35 I'm like age doesn't in my personal opinion matter when you have kids so we try to remind ourselves of that as well but yeah west coast they're getting crazy. They're having babies. And uh, my East Coast friends are a little bit more chill. So, Well, and it makes sense if you think like, you know, where you were living, where you grew up was more, um, it wasn't a big city, you know, it's like, it's a little bit different. So you're well, I'm like, how do I say this without offending people? But like your experiences are different. Your exposure to things is different. Like, you know, I know that you and I connected because like you, I've lived in many places. And so you have to adapt and pick up and start new and then find new friends. And uh, right, like all of that's crazy. And so like I find, not that this is related, but just to kind of connect like where you feel like you're not in the same place as everybody else. So like we come, so I did get married younger and I had babies younger than my friends, but I feel like I obviously I did it a little different. I had them in a different country. But when you come back, so many people, especially in the suburbs, are like, they've got all the things, all the domestic things. And if I hang a photo on the wall, my dad nearly has a heart attack because he's like, oh my God, Amanda's going to stay. Like, I just, I have a hard time connecting to the things that a lot of my peers who have the family, who have, you know, that dynamic... I'm just a different place. I'm just like, meh, I can't be bothered. Oh, I guess I need a a lawnmower. I should go buy one. Like everybody's had a lawnmower for 15 years. So I get what you're saying in the sense that like, you know, friends from a different time and place are just exposed to different things. They've acquired different experiences and their life has led Mm -hmm. them to this place. I love though that here you are in your 30s, which I think the like 30s being 36 now is such an amazing time of life. Like I am genuinely so excited to continue to get older because I just feel like with each passing year, you give less, I was going to say a bad word. I'm trying not to swear, Mm -hmm. but you care less about other people's opinions about how you choose to lead your life. Right. And I like that you said having an, like, um, a type of response where you're very confident and assertive in your decision-making because, it can be, especially like you said, you're not quite sure. Like right now everything feels great, but in two years you might change your mind or not. And so how do you get that confidence? Like, are there some things that you've had to do? There's going to be like four questions in one here, but like, obviously you've had to have this conversation with your partner. Maybe let's start there. So with your partner, um, did that kind of conversation, a family come up right away? Girl, I haven't dated in like a really long time, but like, how would that work? Did you, did you have the baby conversation right away? Is it something you kind of just connected on as years went on? So when I met my partner, I was word vomiting everything. And it was, I needed to know that this partner that I was meeting was going to be the last one. And I had to say everything. And I talked finance. I talked my life and what I wanted to do. And poor little angel was just like all this information overload. And if, if you know, Charlie, he's quite possibly the kindest human being ever. He, he never gets mad. He really thinks things through, um, and is open to my craziness. 
So I can go from a really crazy emotion to down here about the same topic. And it's because in my mind, I'm trying to um, rationalize what it is that I'm saying and kind of be my own devil's advocate. And he helps me hone in on that. So when we were just started dating and I said, do you want kids? I know that his brother who now has a child did not want a family and his brother and his mom were the three musketeers who didn't really believe in marriage or anything like that. Fast forward, his brother's now married, has a kid. Um, and so we had to have the discussion. What do you see yourself like in the future? Do you want children? Do I? And this was really the first month of us dating, which most people wouldn't have that conversation. Um, but I felt like that was really important because it reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever read Emily Giffen's books. So there's like baby proof, something blue. Oh, it, I've seen them. I've seen them. I haven't read it. Yeah. So baby proof is about this couple who definitively don't want kids. They have this life set out and then all of a sudden one of them changes that decision to have a child and the other one will budge. And it's this perfect, really loving couple that can't eat, breathe, sleep without one another. But that's huge when you make that huge. decision and you change yeah. that lifestyle. So I talked to my partner about that and said, I never grew up in a household more than four. We didn't have family over, my family's in Europe, and I just grew up becoming an adult. I didn't grow up around kids or taking care of other children. I babysat a few times, but um, so I never really knew that life in terms of being really excited about having kids over. And I said, it's not in my nature to kind of just think babies and have that like little maternal feeling. And, mm -hmm. you know, my friends say their ovaries hurt when they see kids. I don't get that. So we had that conversation. I just said, I don't think I want kids, but I hate saying that because so many of our friends struggle to have kids. And I'm so conscious of what I say and the people that I have around me when I have these conversations and I had to have it openly and honestly with my partner. And I just said, I don't think that's for me. I may change my mind, are you okay to knowing that we may never have kids? And I may want kids 10 years from now. Charlie is more on the side of, I would maybe like to have kids, but also has confirmed that he's okay with me not wanting them. So it hurts a little bit because I know he'd be very excited, but knowing that and having that strong love for him and thinking that would make him so happy isn't a good enough reason for me to take away from what I've always felt really near and dear to me in terms of the foundations that I have, the things that I respect most in life. And that's making my own decision for me first. My partner will come in and I will respect what he says and I'll think about it. But if it's something as big as changing our life and bringing a human into the world, um, the idea of having a really great dad isn't going to push my answer. And he had to know that. So he's on board with us possibly never having kids but also would be very excited if that decision changed so there's so we've much, had to have that conversation there's so much good stuff that you just listed i'm just like yes okay first of all communication <laughs> like just being able you know like you said maybe you shouldn't have had that conversation in the first month maybe more people should you know what i mean mm -hmm. like especially if you're at an age where like is charlie a little older than you he is, yes, he's 37, 37, I don't know, maybe. So, yeah, there you go. So yeah, he's a little older. So like, you know, 
you guys are at a phase of life where it's not just, you know, you were likely looking for a relationship and that's already confirmed and you're like trying to figure out if this is going to be a good match. And I do think that those things are important. Like when I first met Dean, I remember we started talking and it was like on the table right away. Like, would you be open to living overseas? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Had I not been right. Like I see so many relationships fall apart whether it's the kid part, um, you know, like that book, Baby Proof, as you were saying it, like I have an exact example of a friend of mine who was married, happy marriage, beautiful home, both were cool with not having kids and then something switched and the one partner couldn't do it. They were like, no, I was from the start had said very clearly like kids are not for me and they ended up divorcing. And it's like, that's unfortunate. I mean, obviously unexpected, but these are things like you can't change people. And I think that this is where, I mean, there is a reason why so many relationships have such a crappy success rate because for various things, but I do think that communication is a huge part of it. Like for me, like I love my children, but one of the most important things for me when I speak about them on my platform or just speak about my life is that they are like a, like a dose of color and fun on my platform. I am not just a mother, you know? And like, they will eventually leave home, although that is seeming to be later and later as kids get older these days. And I'm like, you need to leave and move out and live your life. But, you know, eventually it'll just be Dean and I again. And that relationship is such an important one because without that partner, like you chose Charlie and he chose you and that's the life. So whatever the little details that filter in is just gravy, but like you have each other. And that's what I feel about my partner is like, we have kids and that's awesome. But if we're not connecting as two people and communicating like two people who are committed to this life together, well, that life won't be there. And you see this all the time. Kids leave the nest and two people look at each other like, whoa, I forgot you were there, you know? And it's like, oh God, that's terrifying. So I love that communication part. And I also think it speaks volumes to the connection that you have for your partner to potentially be open to it, but to respect your decision enough to not force you into choosing a lifestyle that isn't for you. Because I don't know if you recall this, but there was um, an article, it probably didn't fall into your like, you know, line of vision. It was all like mom stuff, but it was about women who regretted becoming mothers. Mm-hmm. And it was written up in McLean's and I did a video about it. And let me tell you, I still get feedback and I get so mad because I feel like, why couldn't you have done that self-actualization, that self-awareness like you have done to recognize what you want out of life and that you're not making decisions to please other people, whether it's family pressures, what your peers are doing, feeling like, well, this guy's good enough and everyone else is having kids. So I may as well, you know, I love that you can feel that confidence in making that decision. And what an amazing thing that here we are in this, you know, year and this time to be here now, because 50 years ago, that likely would have looked a little different, you know, but to be able to confidently make that decision. I think that can be a misconception is that you just don't like kids like meh I don't like kids can't be bothered so let's 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 talk about that for a second so are like kids like the spawns of (laughs) Satan or (laughs) are you just tell me about that do you feel like you need to explain that to people I do um but that's like the subtle and super direct message that we see every day, whether it's through social media, through ads, movies that we see with like, you have to have a family in this beautiful home. It can't just be two people in 5,000 square feet, which is crazy. But 
Um, yeah, so I get pressure every day. But when I get asked, do you hate kids? Like, do you, like, look at, we, we were sitting in a park yesterday and my girlfriend is so lovely and she'll probably listen to this. And she's like, she's a teacher and just loves kids. And she's like, my ovaries hurt so bad right now. And we joke, we're like, are you getting that feeling? And she just like, she's beaming and I think she'd be an amazing mom and I just look and she's like that face Claudia I'm like I don't even know that I'm doing it because they're so cute and sometimes I do like have a little teary-eyed and I think that is such a cute baby and everyone's like I knew it you're so gonna have kids I'm like why does it have to be like that a kid is wearing a full like neutral toned outfit looking cute as ever and I'm like you would be my baby or I see my nephew and he's wearing a full Adidas tracksuit I'm like stop it with that cuteness and he calls me all the time so no i don't hate kids i think back to my previous point how i grew up and i don't regret how we were raised um the four of us and you know seeing my grandparents in the summer but i have a really hard time in larger settings which nobody would think because i'm such an introverted extrovert but I'll go into big group settings and if there's family and children and I have to sit down and be like, okay, you go to like the kids table and entertain them because they're glued to you like a magnet. I'm like, people think that children just gravitate towards me and that I love them, but secretly inside I'm sweating so badly because I don't know how to speak to kids Mm -hmm. as much as someone who would be around nieces and nephews and cousins and constantly around smaller humans. I just end up talking in the weirdest way. I'm like, hello and it's like so awkward but and I don't hate them it's just for me I'm not used to it Mm -hmm. it's out of my comfort zone but I'm very good with kids like I said I'm a magnet for some reason well because you're so first of all you're easy on the eyes and I find like when you're the young one that comes into a setting kids are like oh my god find her you know or it's like like I grew up with a younger sibling I babysat all the time um but like just as a comparison like I love birds right love them I do not (laughs) I do not want to have do you have the book (laughs) which book the the bird the bird man or something he describes all these different birds in like funny names so natalie who you know yes. she's like i was out today looking for a, a burger flipper i'm like a what and he just comes up with really ridiculous names for birds and you have to go hunt them anyways i need side that note. i need that book i'll find it for you okay find it for me because so i love birds but like it doesn't mean that i want to keep them in my office and have like an aviator what do they even call me birds like you can feel two things, right? At the same time, you can think that babies are adorable and like want to dress them in their cute little outfits, but it is another thing entirely. And this is where I feel like it's not necessarily my role, but like I do appreciate how the pendulum is swinging to discuss parenting and motherhood in a way that is real because it is not the glossy pages of your favorite Instagram feed where everything is like bright white overexposed and pale shades of pink. You know what I mean? Like that's not, it is like, there is a lot of hard self-sacrificing moments. I mean, there's a reason why so many relationships fail in the first few years of parenthood because it is beyond, like there are certain things Dean and I can't even talk about because I'm like, nope, can't go there. Like that was a dark time and it was very hard and it's physically draining and there's so much. Um, 
that that can't be overlooked. Like, I feel like that's got to be part of the decision making. Like, yes, there are the natural hormone feeling like your clock is ticking, blah, blah, blah. I mean, but that also happens just on depending what cycle, you know, day of your month that you're on. You may want to get some a little more some days, sometimes do well, look at your partner, you know, like these things are natural. So it's like overlooking that urge. It's like, you know, there is that real challenging side. There's the financial burden. There is so much. And for some people, no big deal, happy to steam ahead. And for some of us, I love that, you know, we, we, we don't take, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's not a decision to be taken lightly. And so as we're going through these moments of our life, right, and we're deciding these things, to, to critically think about, is this going to be something I want? Am I going to be fulfilled from this? And if it isn't, I love that we can decide to choose something that society isn't pressuring us into a certain direction, you know? We've spoken about the friendships, the partner. What about your family? Like, I know you're very close with your family. Um, is your mom still traveling the world? She is. Oh, my mom. Uh, yeah, so she was living in Australia for quite some time. And then they have our place in Prague. So my mom and my stepdad are now living part-time Prague. They are selling their place in Australia. So she's a little jet setter, oh, not now. Um, but yeah, mom is the one who's constantly sending photos of me as a child and, you know, pictures of Antonio and how cute would it be, my nephew, how cute would it be for Antonio to have, you know, a little little partner in crime, you know, just all the little. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. So we're not putting mama on blast, but I feel like this is natural, right? Grandmas, yeah. all that stuff. Being, okay. Cause I, you know, mothers and daughters can have, I mean, it's a, I'm like, oh, you know, you know my relationship, mm -hmm. but like it can be challenging, right? It can also be very beautiful. And there's a lot of connection with parents. We want to please them. We want them to always be loving every decision we make, but that's not yeah. always the case. So yeah, how do you handle that with a family member that is like, we? I really want this for you. And you're like, but I don't want it for me. Uh, <laughs> we get it a lot. Um, and it makes me, I know everyone's saying it from a place of love because they think Charlie and I would make excellent parents. And I touched on it. Yes, we would make great parents, but again, that's not enough for us. So trying to say that to someone, I think it ultimately comes down to really knowing ourselves and understanding why we chose that path and being able to articulate it properly to them, even though they have the puppy dog eyes and they're going, yeah, you're cute, okay? And I'm like, no, but let's have that conversation because it's not funny or cute. I'm not being cute about it. It's, this might not happen for you. And my mom gets sad sometimes or, you know, someone on Charlie's side in their family will just look at us like, this blank kind of are you serious almost mm. disappointed look and that bothers me but I think because um I know they're not trying to judge us or criticize us and it's coming from a place of love I really have to do my part to just say no let's keep it light and if you want to have that discussion we'll take it offline and I mean I'll have to explain myself I don't feel I need to around family so the way I navigate is just by going I don't know I'm on a path right now that's not allowing me to have children. In my eyes, I don't think I could sacrifice certain things right now that would give that child the best life. And I'm not ready to sacrifice those things to give it to them because I'm not ready mm -hmm. to step away from the life that I have. And 
I always tell them like, isn't it beautiful that we live in a place where we have the freedom to choose. I get to choose and I don't get anyone else to dictate it. I have that privilege to do that. I'm like, don't make me feel like I don't have that anymore, that I don't get to live my life. And I think my family's pretty good at not being aggressive about it. And so are my friends. I think all of them still sort of give me that wink of, okay, yeah. And you're one like, day you'll see and you in all 10 years. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they I high five each still other. child free. Yeah, sorry. They're, they're just like, do you want to bet June 25th, 2022, Claudia is going to be sitting there with a baby and we're going to be like, yeah, look at her iPhones. Claudia said on this day, she's never having kids. And I'm like, maybe, but maybe it, not. I still get it. Maybe not, but I get it every day. And they're just like, but look at how you're looking at them. And my family always shows me pictures of Antonio and like, but he would want a little one. And my sister-in-law is so great. She's like, I get it. Like she gives me that, like she understands that you know, society kind of pushes us into that direction. But if I don't want them right now, it's okay. And I don't need to feel that pressure. So I'm happy that I have people in my family that really understand that, but it's everywhere. You look at, and I was saying that you look at a movie and it always has to be a family with kids. When you say family, it can't be family in the sense of two people together. They have to have a dog. Yeah. And if they don't have actually, holy hell. And if they don't have a dog, Think about the couples that are like, yeah, think about the couples that are in movies that are just child free. They're always villainized. They're selfish. I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like, they probably have their mortgage paid and a lot of money in the bank. I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) They take vacations and they sleep as long as they want. Like, let's, let's revisit this societal pressure. Okay. So, but it's absolutely true. Like there is so many pressures from every angle. And it's like, hands off my uterus, dude. Like, here's the thing. Somebody messaged me the other day because I had shared this post and the post was, um, it was about asking women if and when they're going to be pregnant or what. And so the one thing they didn't add though, so it was like, they may have PCOS, they may have endometriosis, they may have Mm -hmm. infertility. But the one thing they should say is like, they may not want kids. That should have been an added one, but it was one of these things. It was like, mind your own business and stop asking questions because you just don't know. Um, And then the other side of it is, you have a society that like is, you know, villainizes women who have children too young, right? So it's all about avoiding conception, like don't have babies, don't get pregnant. And then the second you flip over to this other side of the coin, where now you're like, oh, that's a good age, time for babies. So you just don't, I mean, women, we come on pretty hard. We come down pretty hard on women. It's like, don't have the babies at a certain point. And then the second we think you're good, let the fertile moments happening and you better go and procreate because otherwise what is the value that you're bringing to society and I'm just like oh my goodness like there's so much that you're saying that is so valid and it's challenging because I would imagine that there aren't as many well actually now there likely is but there's not as many people building brands or building blogs and building Instagram feeds that are like waving the flag of like I get the choice to choose because I would imagine people come down hard on women who are vocal about that I mean I remember listening to this amazing podcast episode um, on the show called Unladylike which is like a really good podcast this is maybe like a year and a half ago. And it was about women who not only did they decide they weren't going to have kids, but they took it a step further and um, like had their, you know, tubes tied, had a, 
I'm not remembering the word when you get your uterus removed, like, you know, just done. Don't need the machinery decision made to the point where like medical professionals, and this was based in the States and the research there, but like wouldn't even grant women the option to have the surgery because they're like, you're going to change your mind. And it's like, what? Like, who yeah. are you? Do you, are you in my head? So it's one thing when like your mom or your auntie or your like, you know, best friends like, nah, you're gonna change your mind. But your doctor is now saying, nope, like we're going to keep it in there because we think that you might like to change your mind. That is beyond, right? Like we yeah. are at a place where we have the freedom to choose. And it's like, but yet it, there's still a little touch where like you still can feel guilty. Cause I doubt that a man your age is rarely questioned about. So when are you going to get hitched and have those babies? Like, I'm sure it happens, but I don't think when they're hanging out with the bros that the friends are like, so you can have some kids now? Like, like just, do you know, does anybody bother your partner about that? His, well, now the side of his family, when they see us together, they'll be like, when are you going to get married? And like, that's a whole other subject. Oh my God, it's true. It's the marriage first and then the thing. (sighs) Whatever. But I think, um, what were you just saying? I was going to actually touch on it. Oh, well, um, pressuring the men and carry on. Yes. But you, you were saying that when you're younger, it's like, it's too young. And then when you're older and you've decided to make that choice and you're finally now giving in to them, you're finally giving in, not you have to give in, but now it's, you're too old. And then. What if you've been pressured so much? And you and I talked about this, I think, years ago, but then the pressure to have kids, and you do. And then I've seen it in some friends, and I've had this advice from those friends come back to me. Then you feel this pressure. You've pleased everyone, but who have you not pleased? Yourself. And then that's just a whole other topic. And that's where I always remember a friend of mine said, the idea of a beautiful child, that Instagram feed, that beautiful aesthetic and my little Zara baby running around in neutral tones, that is not a good enough reason. No. And unless your heart aches and the idea of a child just makes you, you just can't wait for that baby to come out. She's like, don't allow society to pressure you. Don't feel that your clock is running out because at 50, you can go adopt because there's so many children that need to be adopted. You can get a dog and be a fur baby mom. Yes. There's so many different ways to, to (laughs) to be a parent and it's don't feel the pressure and don't allow anything to make you feel you have to at whatever time, at whatever age. But there's that other side of everything is, well, then you do and you didn't want to Mm -hmm. really. And then now you have a human in your life that you're going to naturally love, I assume. But Mm, I don't know, know, you know, even to that thing, like this is where this is where it gets weird because Mm -hmm. we think that this maternal thing is going to kick in. Yeah. But like flip over to the real side of motherhood, which is the trauma of childbirth hey, had some serious trauma with my first. Pretty much why all of this started is because I felt like everything was beyond my control. And then I could see it in other women uh, and how much it impacted them. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There are conversations that need to be had. So that's where this started. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's like postpartum depression, which is, you know, we're talking about it more and more now, which can impact your connection to your little one. And then 
Let's talk about resentment. If you made a decision that wasn't really what you wanted to do in the first place, and now you're raising a child who some people can see as the reason why their life isn't as glorious and sunshine-filled as it should be, and now you've got a person who didn't ask to be here and is here. So obviously, you know, as we're talking about this, you know, we're talking about like deciding. I know some people may fall pregnant and their belief system is such that they're going to have that baby. But you know what? There's also options there because you mentioned adoption. And I, in my family, we have uh, two children who are part of our family now, extended family who are through adoption. And thank God for them because there's a whole family that exists that didn't before because of infertility issues. So there's so many ways to fulfill your life plan. And I just think it's so important. Like if there's any message from this conversation, it's really do the research for yourself. You know, don't do things just because Instagram wants you to do them. Because I mean, if you really want to break it down, like, you know, when you're like pining over, I don't know, a fitness combo outfit, like these Lulu pants, or you really want this outfit and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to do, I, I need those pants. That's all you can think about. And then you get the pants and those damn pants are not squat proof. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. I spent all that money, all that time. I could have put that down in my savings. I could have done this. And I got these pants you don't even want. You never wear them. And now you're like, that was dumb. It's like those things, like it's silly, but really these are big decisions that shouldn't be taken lightly. And like, is this going to fit into your life plan? As we're talking about this, like, I know that from your Instagram feed, I can tell like you are in a good place. Life is nice. You're doing things you enjoy. You're, you know, creating goals. You're crushing them. When it comes to feeling joyful things, like, do you feel a touch of guilt sharing the joy from your child-free life? Yeah, I do. Yep. Mm. Um, I put some notes on because it was yeah. one that actually hit me. Because um, I think this is a valid thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's like you don't want to make people feel bad. But yeah, tell me. Yeah. And I think so when you initially asked me, do you feel guilty for, for having that life? I don't know if guilt is the word I would really say. I mean, I feel more cautious mm. about my feeling, and I don't know how to explain it properly and articulate this well enough, but I'm really cautious with sharing it because of a few things that I said earlier, which is being surrounded by, by friends that have had such a hard time trying to have children, friends that can't have kids ever. It's just not a choice for them. Um, friends that have gone through miscarriages and I didn't really understand that when I was a little bit younger. Now, as I'm getting older and I'm hearing more and more stories, I feel so badly for having ever had those conversations so freely amongst my friends. Now, knowing that there were people in our circle sitting there going, I just had a miscarriage a week ago and you were trying to ask me why I didn't have a child yet. I've been married for a year. So I, it's not that I feel guilt having those conversations because I think we are all entitled to to living the life that we want to, and we shouldn't be criticized for the way we've decided to think family, the way we've decided to think this is how life is meant to be like. So I I don't feel guilt per se. I just did air quotes for anyone not watching this. Um, But I, I just think I'm really mindful because I don't want to hide why I don't want kids. I feel that's a really big conversation to have, but 
and I don't say, oh my God, thank goodness I don't have kids. I, I don't say that because again, for that reason. So I just feel that I'm open to sharing it, but I'm cautious in really saying I have a child-free life because if I ever decide to make that decision to have kids 10 years from now, and I'm in that position, I think I probably would have wished I could have gone back and told that younger self, you be very careful with how you communicate that life because you again have a choice to make that child-free life and some people don't have that choice. So I'm very careful and just learning a lot from my friends who've had such a horrendous time even trying and now do. They're so open to talking about it and I'm thankful that they are open mm -hmm. because it's just changed how I communicate with everyone. And yeah, I always think about what would Claudia pregnant say to Claudia in conversations where she's going, I'm so happy I don't have kids. Oh my God. Sometimes I will admit when we're in the park and I'm, I'm just trying to like Zen out and there's just like a wave of children running through and they just step all over my blanket. I'm like, really? There's a donut there. Just walk away. And they run through my area. I think to myself, absolutely not. And it's just this like really strong, you're cute, but just walk away. Just, you know, and I admit I have those feelings and my friends can attest to this when we're in the park and that Claudia face comes on. It's like, not because you're not cute and because I, I hate you because I don't so close to my blanket and so close to my space that I just, oh, you know, oh. So that's the only time I'll say something. I mean, I have kids. I like my own yeah. children. Doesn't mean I'm going to like everybody else's. Who raised yeah. you? You know what I mean? Like, like I've got, well, Dean and I will go, <laughs> this kills me. Dean and I will go to dinner or something. Oh, imagine, remember going to dinner inside restaurants? Such a um, good time. God. So we would go. And if there's kids, he's like, no, we're sitting on the other side of the restaurant. And I laugh, but he's like, we're out like this is not that's not my family like you do you but I don't need to sit near your kid chucking bread across the table like we're gonna sit somewhere else and exactly like you do, it's like just because I have kids and enjoy them doesn't mean I want to like run a like a nursery or something no like I'm not gonna start a daycare like totally and I love that you use the word cautious because and you know what? Experience, right? As we get older and we're put into situations and we make a mistake and then we learn and we adapt, I feel very similar in how I speak to people now. So if I meet someone and I'm talking about my kids and then I catch myself, I'm like, oh, God, I'm doing that thing. Or like, Amanda, talk about other things. You know, like mothers can fund parents, especially when that's all you've been doing in those early days, can fall into that habit where you're like, my kid's this and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't actually know if this person has children or what their journey is or if they would love kids so I get I use that caution thing too it's kind of like hey so like do you have kids no cool um and I kind of and sometimes people will share more and say no you know mm -hmm. we're not we decided to not have kids or you know it wasn't in the cards for us and you can kind of read between the lines or yes I have five children and you're like okay cool cool beans I know <laughs> yeah. where I am yeah like where I am in this conversation and that's just lovely manners really whatever topic that you're discussing it's kind of like you don't intend to come in and steamroll people on certain topics and then if you have it's also okay to be like you know what like I've been in situations where you're like I kind of went off there for a minute like I didn't sleep enough let's talk about something else and you can change the subject to touch right so caution is so nice because you know 
there are things I think in, you know, in our lives, whether it's relationship dynamics, where you've traveled, where you've been, and I feel so much joy in the decisions that I've made in my life, but I'm not always like shoving it down other people's throats. Like, ha ha ha, you've never been anywhere outside of Canada. Like sucks to be you. Like, no, like I don't have that thought, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to cherish those memories and like, or just be so grateful for the life that I have built. Right. And so I love that you said that caution because it's that's what it is. It's not like you are experiencing joyful things and feeling a tinge of guilt because you're like, oh, my friends can't do that because they are not they don't have the funds to be doing these things because they're buying baby stuff. You're like, no, this is wonderful. But when we're sharing, whether it's online or in real time, it's appreciating where other people are coming from. Right. Yeah. That's that's that. I don't know if you. Sorry. Did I cut you off? No, God, no. I could talk forever. Oh. Keep going. <laughs> um, I My friends and I talk about this because there's so much happening in the world and there's so many things to to be aware of and to, I mean, sometimes you cringe because you're like, did I misspeak? Did I, is that even the way to talk about something? And we're all learning and we have to make those mistakes and have those cringeworthy moments where we're like, oh, we need to do better. And now more than ever, we're learning that. But I liked when you asked that question, because it wasn't guilt, it was air on the side of caution, but also not feeling, because you don't want to feel guilt for having those decisions. And, and to your point, like really just having made that decision and being fulfilled and happy that you are so confident in whatever choice you've made in life that you, you know, decided to not go to school for a year and you went traveling, but someone else had really worked their butt off and they're in school and they're feeling a little bit of resentment some people get a little sensitive in terms of things like that, but you can't live your life worrying all the time that someone is going to be offended by the choice you made on how to live your life. Other things very warranted to be offended by, and people have to really tread lightly with how they speak and the things that come out of their mouths. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to things such as the decision you make to work out, how you eat, how you dress, if you want to have kids, that your decision, you've gone through the path, what you want to leave behind, what makes you happy. And you've thought, I'm Claudia. These are the five things that I want to follow in my life. And if it doesn't go under these five buckets, I'm good. But if someone else doesn't have those same buckets, I shouldn't have to tread lightly on the fact that we've gone down different paths. Mm -hmm. So caution, like you said, assess if they're on the same you go. You probably have a million things to talk about. But if this person that I need, it's like, I have five kids, I'll be like, noted. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what do you like cool. to order I have, at Starbucks? I have five dogs yeah. I'd like to order. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, to that, right? It, it is like that comparison when, compa- you know, people, jealousy, comparison, those nasty feelings that can come up, which are very natural. And I find like when I start getting really judgy, because I am no by no means a perfect person, but I, sometimes Dean will be like, um, can we be like a little nicer? I was like, oh, I didn't know yeah. I was being so sharp, you know, or I'm just talking smack. And he's like, settle down, you know? And so when that comes up, I'm always, I'm always first of all, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I'm like, oh, I didn't, I got called out. Like I shouldn't have been saying that. And then why, where is this coming from? Like, you know, what needs aren't being met? So like, I have a a lot of women who will reach out to me and comment about my fitness stuff and be like, 
how are you doing this? Like, where do you find that time in the day? And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you at? I have a six month old. Therein lies the, not the problem. That's the thing. When my baby was Mm -hmm. six months old, mm -mm. like I was, I don't really remember what I was doing because that's, that's life. I was probably very sleep deprived and there was no time for fitness. Fitness looked very different at that time. It was a walk with the baby in the stroller or in a carrier. And that was life. Um, You cannot compare your day with all your things to someone who is seven steps ahead of you or in a completely different time zone and space, right? Like, so I'm similarly like, like, let's, let's not compare. It's, you have to do what you can do with the, with the tools that you're given. So right now I'm at a space where even as we started this conversation, I was like, first of all, nobody's come in here. Everybody's home. Everyone's doing their own thing. They're older. My kids are at a different phase of life. Sometimes do I think about having more kids? Yes. Because I am a hormone, you know, woman. And every now and then my uterus is like, Hey, and I'm like, no, (laughs) machine is closed. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy too much about my baby free life right now. And this is an interesting thing. Even as we were talking, I didn't actually think about this, but there's a part of me that almost feels like I'm like done. I see friends of mine, pregnancy announcements, and I'm like, oh no, I love my time right now. Like love it. I love that I can take time to get ready. I'm not tripping over baby things. Still love babies. I'll hold your baby. Sure thing. And I will give your baby back, you know, because I love glass of wine in the evening and blah, 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 and all the things that come with choosing a different path, right? Mm -hmm. And you nailed it at the start of this. You were like, you know, first it's the pressure to get married and then the pressure to have babies. And then you finally have a baby. Oh, you're gonna have another one? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, who am I doing this for, right? Similarly, once you have the babies, are you gonna have more babies? Are you gonna get a bigger house? Are you gonna get a blah, 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 blah? And you're like, whoa, right? So when you know, if I have any messaging that I love from this conversation, it's finding the confidence to figure out a life that you actually are happy to live, right? And then using some tact when people come for you and are like, how come you're not doing everything that I want to do? It's like, because that's your life. And the plans that you have planned for you are wonderful. And I celebrate your life choices. And I would hope that you could celebrate mine, right? And then if you're feeling like you're in a position where you're judging people hard for decisions that they've made, that's where you have to question yourself and say like, what needs of yours aren't being met? And how can you do the work on yourself to avoid that? Because first of all, it's not a nice feeling within yourself to feel like you're judging people so hard and there's, that's what, that's a lot of energy spent on the wrong things. Right. And so I just think it's like, I love that we can celebrate people's life when it looks very different from our own and that we have the freedom to choose a different life. Right. It's like, I want to high five you through the screen. High five. (laughs) That was probably pretty good because I looked at your elbow, which is. (laughs) That's what you have to do. That's what you're supposed to do. I love that. This was an awesome conversation. I feel like you and I could talk and talk and talk. And um, once this freaking pandemic lifts, and to be fair, actually, to this conversation, one of the reasons we have not seen each other in real time is because when I met you in Toronto five years ago, I was still nursing a child, like couldn't leave the house. I mean, now it's a lot better. But honestly, it's only like this veil of mom can leave the house is only lifted in the like the last year and a half. So 
different time, my friend. So once this is lifted, girl, we're going to go sit on a patio and do something lovely and just, I won't have to rush home. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be great. And you know what? We might see each other in five years. We might. <laughs> and I might have a baby. We don't know. The world is my oyster. So exactly. we'll record something different. <laughs> I love it. I hope that those listening or watching, because this is also going to be in video format, enjoyed this conversation. Now, if you would love to follow Claudia, which you should, because she's doing some pretty amazing things on her page. Also, your I love, first of all, all the puns that you do. <laughs> she is like, if you love puns, you're going to love Claudia. <laughs> she's awesome. You, you, you think about the content you create. You're not just slapping it out there. And I think that obviously extends to your life as well. Um, but people can find you on Instagram and it's at urban.meets.urban. I'm going to put this on the screen. So it's urban like U-R-B-A-N dot meets dot urban E-R. So that's playing off of her last name. I mean, right there. This is another play on words. Um, and so tell us a little bit. So online, you're posting on your Instagram feed, and then you're also doing the workouts. How often are you doing the workouts? So through Sweat and Tonic, Mondays through their IG at 5.30 p.m. And then Thursdays through their Sweat Live, which is a Zoom one-hour workout at 6 p.m. And then when the studio opens, hopefully Thursday morning at 7.15. But we haven't confirmed that yet. So two nights a week to get your butt kicked. It's I love more it. Than enough. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to leave all of the links below. Thanks for being here. Thank you for this having me. Chat. This was great. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you with another episode next week. Bye. Bye.